hello and welcome to our debut coverage of the 2023 NFL season. We're here with our guest again this season, the host, the star off host. How excited are you for this NFL season to kick off? Oh, I'm always excited, Alex. Always excited. This is what our our, our third season uh, kicking off, you know, uh, college and NFL. And like I always say, Alex, to everyone and even on my show, just enjoy it because it goes by really fast. So watch as much as you can and just enjoy it. It's going to be a great season. We'll start off with some Patriots news. An ex um, Steelers wide receiver, so we know him very well. Juju Smith Schuster signed a three year deal with the Patriots after. Um, he won the Super Bowl in his one season with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, there's been reports that he might not be 100% healthy entering the 2023 season. Um, we've had reports that Juju Smith-Schuster's knee is a mess and the thing could explode at any point. And so you almost have to keep an extra receiver because of that. That was a quote by NFL insider Albert Breer. What do you think about Juju? Um Juju's health and his performance uh, going into the 2023 season with the Patriots. Well, if, if, the, if the knee can hold up, uh, he's going to be a valuable asset to Mac Jones. Uh, he knows how to get open. Uh, he's, he's a tough kid. He can take hits over the middle. He's uh, good at that short yardage, third and five, third and six. He can run that quick slant, uh, catch the ball, take a hit, uh, move some guys with him. So he's going to be valuable asset to uh, Mac Jones uh, with that offense, especially with Bill O'Brien now taking over as the offensive coordinator. Right, we moved a one receiver to another. Los Angeles Rams star Cooper Cup's hamstring injury might be even more serious than believed. He went to visit a specialist in Minnesota on Monday to find out what caused his setback. Head coach Sean McVay broke the news to the media Monday. Cooper. Cooper Cup will remain day-to-day with the Rams. They're hoping uh, he can start against the Seahawks. His status is currently questionable. What are your thoughts about Cooper Cup um, going into the season this year with the Rams? Well, of course, two years ago, he had that great season. Rams won the Super Bowl. He ended up getting hurt last year. Now he's hurt again. Um, This is not good for the Rams, especially a team that has no depth. What they do? They drafted 14 guys. And they kept all 14 guys. So I that just shows you the, the amount of depth the Rams don't have if you're keeping 14 guys you drafted in the draft. I, I just think this Rams team, uh, for what they did that cost them uh, all those draft picks in order to win a Super Bowl, I think it's going to catch up to them pretty quick. Uh, Cooper Cup could be on the trade deadline. He could be a, uh, a trade candidate here pretty soon if the Rams don't get off to a good start. Yeah. I think the Rams could be half decent, but they play in a tough division with the Seahawks and 49ers. So we'll see uh, if they can actually get out of the blocks or will it be a shaky start. We'll move to the AFC now with this week. Dolphins named Mike White uh, as their backup. He obviously started some games for the Jets last year. Um, season they picked him over Skyler Thompson who started the last couple of games and the playoff game where he um once that game got going he actually did a pretty decent job but they picked Mike White as their backup over Skyler what are your thoughts on Mike White's playing career so far 
kind of mixed there, Alex. Uh, yeah, so he won some games as the Jets backed up. Now he's beating out Skylar Thompson. I, I mean, okay, like I, I don't get the, the Mike White hype. I mean, I don't know why Miami didn't stick with Skylar Thompson. I don't know why they signed Mike White in the offseason to begin with. Skylar Thompson, like you just said, played a decent playoff game up in Buffalo. Uh, he was he got the job done when Tua was out. I don't know if Mike White is going to come in and do any better than Skylar Thompson did. I, I don't think this is a great move for Miami. Uh, they just hope, better hope that Tua stays healthy all season. Yeah, I think Mike White's definitely serviceable. But as you said, I think Skylar Thompson uh, might have more upside, especially because he's a young guy and they invested draft capital in him. And like we said, he did have a pretty good end of the season and, and, and the playoff game. We'll move back to the NFC. Two-time Pro Bowl tight end Kyle Rudolph retires after 12 seasons, um, playing mostly with the Minnesota Vikings. What did you think about Kyle Rudolph um, throughout his career? Uh, he's a very serviceable tight end. Uh, he wasn't wasn't uh, you know considered one of the top five tight ends, but you know he could block, he could get open, he could catch touchdown passes. He caught that. Touchdown pass against uh, the Vikings in the playoff game. Uh, you know, he was he was good for what he was, a good serviceable tight end. Reminds me a lot of how Heath Miller was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And now we'll wrap up the NFL news with a player you talked a lot about on your podcast. Um, Kyler Murray has been named captain um, for this season. Obviously, he's injured to start the season. Um, we can talk about that, too, with them naming former Steelers backup Josh Dobbs as the starting quarterback. Um, but Kyler Murray still earning captain status. We have some um, teammate quotes on it. TJ, DJ Humphrey says, I think it's a fraction of how Kyler's handled this whole process. I think I said it before early on when you deal with quarterbacks, quarterbacks are kind of like these mystical unicorns that you have to make sure that you handle them a certain way in the offseason, where you train them, do certain things. They go away with specialists and stuff, so you don't see them till it's time to be back with the team, said Humphreys. And, you know, the media has been critical about Kyler's work ethic and even his play in the last couple seasons. Um, so have you. So I've been wondering what your thoughts on them making him team captain, one of team captain. Boy, I, I, I'm really confused of what's going on here with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, we all know the history here. They went back and redid his contract to make him study tape more because obviously they saw throughout the building that he wasn't committed to the franchise as much as they thought he was. I remember we had that whole big story, and now we got him uh, tearing his ACL and then all the talk of bringing in the new coach uh, from Philadelphia. Uh, they, of course, they got rid of Cliff Kingsbury. And, and they brought in uh, Josh Dobbs uh, to take over. They got, you know, they dumped Colt McCoy. Uh, I don't know if Josh Dobbs is, I mean, I would put him on the same page as Colt McCoy, very serviceable backup, but I don't know how many wins he's going to get. I, I just don't understand making him a captain. Is if I, I just don't understand what they're doing here. It's very confusing to me. I don't know if they're trying to buddy him up to get him to be still 
in the game in case say the Cardinals get out to a good start, right? Say somehow Josh Dobbs goes out and he wins. He wins three or four out of the first five or six games. They're 500. They got to keep Kyler Murray interested. So in order to do that, they probably named him captain. So he's interested in the team and that he comes back and performs well, because if they didn't name him captain, maybe he'd be like, ah, forget this. I don't need to be part of this. And then they lose him. And then they have no other choice than to go and dump the season and go after you know Caleb Williams, which I think is what they want to do. Uh, I think the new coaching staff doesn't have the confidence in Kyler Murray. I just think they're playing mind trick with him. Uh, I really think the new coaching staff wants a whole new fresh start. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get rid of Kyler Murray in that big contract, but this whole thing, I I'm, I can't wait to see how this whole thing plays out. With see how their season starts, and we'll see if they end up tanking for um. A new quarterback, possibly Caleb Williams, um, as the season progresses. We'll jump to the college side uh, and talk about a couple big games this weekend. Start first with number 20th ranked Old Miss and number 24 Tulane, both coming off wins last week. You see, last year Tulane beat USC in the Cotton Bowl. It is in New Orleans, home of Tulane. Line is Old Miss minus seven and a half. The over under is minus six is sixty-six and a half. What are your thoughts on Old Miss versus Tulane? Boy, Tulane has been playing some good football, and I think they have a lot of confidence. And you know, of course, you know, Lane Kiffin and Old Miss, uh, you know, big SEC team coming. I think Tulane's gonna be fired up for this game. I, I would take Tulane with the points. I think they stick in this game. And give Ole Miss a run for their money. It should be a good game. I think I would go with the upset. I'll pick Tulane to win that game. Move to number 23, Texas A&M versus Miami Hurricanes. Both teams are 1-0. Miami beating Miami, Ohio last week. Um, this game is in Miami, Florida. It is Texas A&M minus four. Over under is 51. What do you think about this Miami team? Um, so far, obviously, they've had been struggling the ups and downs the past couple of seasons. How do you think they'll perform versus um, the first real opponent of the season? Uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to perform very well. I think uh, the Miami team is, uh, you know, not up to par as they have been. You know, 10, 15 years ago, they haven't been great. Uh, they, they showed splashes and signs here and there. But this haven't been a consistent program over the last few years. Texas A&M itself has a lot of pressure. Jimbo Fisher, uh, he needs to have a, a decent season. His job could be on the line. Uh, this is a big game for both of these schools. Uh, I like Texas A&M in this game. Yes, I would agree and go with Texas A&M as well. We'll move to the Cyhawk Trophy rivalry game. Iowa versus Iowa State. Both are 1-0. Iowa coming off a win against Utah State. They scored 24 points in that one, just missing out on 25. Obviously, we know their struggles on offense. They do have elite defense. Um, it is at Iowa State this year, um, minus three and a half. The line is Iowa over under 36 and a half. And Iowa State obviously hasn't looked as good since they lost 
um, the Steelers opponent, Brock Purdy, as at quarterback. Um, but obviously, we know Iowa Stars on offense and their elite defense. Who do you think comes out on top in this one? Well, I don't know who's going to come out on top. Uh, but I'll tell you this: you know, a rival game, especially Iowa and Iowa State, and Iowa State being at home, you got to take the you got to take the three and a half points. Uh, no doubt about it. Just take the three and a half points and hope for a good game. I don't trust Iowa at all. Uh, their offense, as you know, Alex, been awful, putrid over the last few seasons. And just because they scored some points last week doesn't give me any confidence in that team. Uh, I know Iowa State, same as what you just said, Brock Purdy, they haven't been the same. Uh, struggling on offense, too. You almost want to play the under also in this game. That might be a good play, too. Uh, this, this is a rival game. Uh, just stick with the points. And I think I think uh, Iowa comes out on top, even though, uh, you know, they're the, they're uh, on the road. I think they'll squeak a one- or two-point victory by Iowa State. Yeah, I agree with you. I could see it being 20-18 Iowa, 20-17, 17 17-14. I think Iowa gets it done, but within that three-and-a-half point line, we'll move – to another exciting game. It is number 12, Utah, who's one out against Baylor, who's 0-1, surprisingly losing to Texas State last weekend. The line is Utah minus 8. The overall is under 47. It is in Waco, Texas, home of the Baylor Bears. What do you think about this Baylor team losing last weekend and do you think this will be a close game against Utah? I think Baylor's going to put up a better game at home, uh, especially, you know, after that loss last week to uh, Texas State. Uh, you know they got yelled at all week by their coach. You know they were put through some hard practices. So they're going to bounce back. I don't know necessarily, though, if they're going to win this game because Utah is a legit team. They don't even have their main quarterback playing. Rising, he's still out with that knee injury. Their backup is just as decent, just as serviceable. He can throw the ball down the field. I think um, eight points is a little too much for Utah to be laying. I would take Baylor with the points at home. We go to the big game of the week. Number 11, Texas versus number three, Alabama. Battle of future SEC teams. Um, Alabama 1-0 beating Middle Tennessee. Texas 1-0 beating Rice. Quinton Ewers threw for three touchdowns. Man, that game, it is in Tuscaloosa as they played in Texas last year. Alabama is minus seven favorites. Over under is 54. How much do you think Texas will compete in this game? Well, Texas played a very vanilla offense last week. They hardly put anything on tape for Alabama to see. So, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. And here's the other thing, Alex. You think we see the Manning kid get in there in this game? Throwing that out there. You think he, you think he makes an appearance in this game? I was I was thinking when will we see his first appearance. I think they'll still go with Quentin Ewers until he plays bad. But we will have to see. Well, see, I feel like it just depends on the flow of the game, you know. Um, well, here, here's, here's the other thing, too, Alex. You know, Alabama, new quarterback. I know last week, of course, was a cupcake. Yeah, this is, is this is this is his first true game, and he's going to see a defense yeah. that, again, just like Texas offense, hit a lot of stuff. They just played very vanilla last week. 
I'm sure he's going to see all kinds of NFL high blitz packages, and who knows if this kid's going to be able to handle the pressure. I, I almost wanted to, I almost would say take Texas with the points just because. Yeah, it's a battle of the unknowns in that one. We'll see how that exciting matchup plays out. Well, moving back to the NFL side of things, we have starting off battle of AFC North opponents, the Cleveland Browns versus Cincinnati Bengals. It is in Cleveland Browns Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. The line is minus two for Cincinnati, over under 47 and a half. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow just signed that big extension um, contract last night. And it is Deshaun Watson's first game with a full training camp under his belt. Um, who do you think gets the W in this one? Also, you would have to consider Joe Burrow missing the whole um, training camp as well, which he missed last year's training camp and threw four interceptions last week last year against our Steelers week one. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this, Alex. Uh, you know, he missed – he missed all, all training camp last year. He missed 80% of it this year. Uh, now a lot of hype over the big $275 million contract. $55 million a year, $219 guaranteed. This is – I just – these quarterbacks are banking here. Uh, Joe Burrow, one in five in his career against Cleveland. This is on the road. Uh Cleveland is a lot of people pick Cleveland to be a playoff team. Well, let's see. Let's prove it to me. I'm going to go with the Browns in this game. Uh, I think that's a good pick, actually. I still want to go with the Bengals just because, um, you know, the Browns are the Browns. And I just want to see how good they're going to play first. But we do also have to consider how good the Bengals are going to play. But just because the Bengals have had success the last few years, I think I would still go with them. But I think it'll be a close, exciting game. I'd probably be low scoring considering Burrow hasn't played uh very much. And we'll see how good Deshaun Watson is uh coming off. And uh Denzel Ward, questionable questionable. Denzel Ward, questionable. That's a cornerback that would be yeah. covering T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. So Yep, he he did practice. He did start practicing midweek. Um, he has concussion um, from training camp. So yes, we will see if he ends up playing or not. We'll move to the Sunday night game: Cowboys versus Giants. Dak Prescott versus Daniel Jones. Battle of two playoff teams that both won their wild card games last season. Uh, Giants beating Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Cowboys beating Tom Brady in his last game. Dallas is minus 3.5. It is in East Rutherford, New Jersey, home with the Giants. Over under four and a half. Who you like in this one? Well, you, you know me, if you listen to my show, I'm a, I'm a not a Daniel Jones fan. Uh, I ragged on him much of the offseason. Uh, I just don't see Daniel Jones being that guy. I know they paid him 40 some million dollars a year. Uh, Saquon Barkley, they gave him uh, his one-year deal. They got Daniel Jones, uh, Darren Waller. Uh, Dallas comes in. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, his goal for this season is to uh, not turn the ball over. Uh, it, it, that, that is a little scary, too, in my mind. If that's, that's your whole 
mantra for this season is not to turn the ball over. That means it's in the back of your mind, and you might even turn the ball over more. Uh, of course, Dallas got rid of Kellen Moore. Uh, they, Mark McCarthy is going to call, call the plays. You know how I feel about him as a coach. Uh, he wants to run the ball more. So I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from this game. I think Dallas is the better team. Uh, I think Dallas I, – I, I picked Dallas to win the division. So I like Dallas in this game uh, on the road Sunday night against the Giants. Yeah, I like the Cowboys in that one too. I think Giants will take a little time getting, getting going this season with their offense. They could be good once they get there, but I think they're kind of like a slow-starting team. Um, potentially Cowboys are as well, but I think, you know, just with Dak Prescott and their defense and um, I just, I think they're a better starting team. So I think I'll take the Cowboys in that one. Go with back to the AFC Dolphins versus Chargers in SoFi Stadium. Chargers are minus three favorites over under is 51. Chargers coming off the blown playoff lead versus Jacksonville, and it will be Tua's first game back um, after missing the last um, few games of the season with concussion. What do you think? How good do you think Tua will be uh, in his return game, and who do you think will win this one? Well, you got you got to kind of look at this game as the same kind of thing as last night. So Jared Goff, he didn't play all preseason. Mahomes played a little bit. Uh, both offenses struggled. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't play, and Tua didn't play in the preseason. Uh, you expect this game to be a high-scoring game. I bet you, I don't know. I can't remember what the over and under is. It's probably 50-something. Uh, you expect this to be a high-scoring game because of the two quarterbacks, because of the offensive weapons. I just think the first half is going to take these teams to get going. The second half might be explosive. Uh, I would play the under in this game only because of the trend that we're seeing with these guys that aren't playing during the preseason. Uh, I think Miami is the better team here offensively. Uh, I think the, the head coach is a smarter coach than Brian, Brandon Staley. Uh, I know both teams have lots of expectations. This is going to be, uh, be a game where we're going to go back in December and look at who won uh, for, you know, AFC, uh, you know, standings. So I like Miami in this game with the points. I think I'll pick LA Chargers in this one just because I think we'll have to see how Tua plays coming off all the time he missed. Uh, you did mention Justin Herbert didn't play that much in the preseason either, which is true. Uh, I just think Tua will take a game or two to get going. And once the Dolphins keep going, they can be pretty good. But, uh, you know, Chargers play our team, too. They do have high expectations also. I think Chargers win in a good game there. We'll move to the big Monday night game. Josh Allen against and the Bills facing a debut. Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Buffalo is favored minus two and a half. It is at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Over under four, 45 and a half. How good do you think Aaron Rodgers will be in his first game? And who do you think gets the win? Well, this is... Okay. The Jets Jets have a very hard schedule here the first seven, eight weeks of the season. This is a game they got to have. If, if the Jets want to make some noise in the AFC and they want to make the playoffs, this is the game. This is a game they got to have. They must win this game on Monday night. 
Uh, this is probably the biggest Monday night game. I, Alex, you probably don't even know. When I was a kid, uh, the Bears had won the Super Bowl, and then the following season, the Giants won the Super Bowl. Both those teams in the 87 season opened the opened the season on Monday Night Football. It was the most talked about Monday Night Football game I can remember. This is the same feeling. This Bills-Jets game has been the most talked about Monday Night Football game that I can remember. It's almost like it's a, it's a playoff game already. Uh, lots of expectations for both teams. And, of course, the Jets have big implications, big, uh, you know, big expectations on the hand. I don't know how Rodgers is going to play. I, I think Buffalo's defense is going to take a step back from where they were a season ago. I think Jets will be able to move the football. I think, uh, you know, Rodgers, you know, not going to turn the ball over like Zach Wilson did. Uh, I just think if the Jets can keep the game close in the fourth quarter, I think Rodgers will pull this game out. I like the Jets in this game only by two or three points. I like the Jets and Aaron Rodgers as well because Aaron Rodgers will be determined to win his first game as the Jets. Like you said, Jets kind of need it more to get their season going good, and they kind of put all the chips on the table at this point. I mean, so have the Bills kind of. With they're kind of nearing the end of their kind of bubble. Um, they'll still be you know in the picture with Josh Allen, but they have to make it the next step as well. But I think uh it'll be Aaron Rodgers and the Jets winning this one. We'll now move on to our Pittsburgh Steelers versus the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Pittsburgh has won three of um that their last three home openers um as they take on the San Francisco 49ers at home at Acrisure Stadium. Um, the line is minus two and a half San Francisco over under 41. Let's get into some topics before we talk about the game itself. George Kittle is presumably not going to play in this game, or at least it's being speculated right now. How big do you think that'll be on the 49ers offense? I'll, I'll believe that when I see it, Alex. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling this guy's going to end up playing um, I know, again, if he doesn't play, yes, it's a huge impact. It's just one weapon that is taken away that the Steelers don't have to worry about. So that's probably, uh, you know, a good thing. But they still have Christian McCaffrey. They still have Debo Samuel. They still have Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you know, it's just name after name on this offense. So, yeah, is it is it going to be a, a better advantage for the Steelers not to have Kittle play? Of course, but I won't believe it till game time. And we'll talk about Nick Bosa. 49ers, Nick Bosa have agreed to terms of massive new contract, bringing NFL defensive player a year coming off highest paid pass rusher in the NFL. It's five years, 170 mil. His holdout is over, so he will play in this game. What do you think about Nick Bosa's new contract? Uh, uh, he not only went a little above the last paid paid guy. He went way above. Uh, now he's setting a new uh, benchmark for uh, these defensive ends, these pass rushers. Uh, you know, when he did that, Chris Jones was licking his chops because, <laughs> you know, he's the one, he's the one holding out for uh, Kansas city. Uh, so that just made him even some more money. Uh, I, you know, I don't think Nick Bosa, he's don't get me wrong. He's good. He's a good pass rusher. He's nowhere near TJ Watts level. I'll just say that. And I'm not trying to be biased here because we're, you know, you and I are Steeler fans. 
but he's not on TJ Watt's level. I mean, he's a great pass rusher. Don't get me wrong. He'll get the quarterback. He'll probably, if he gets in there, I don't know how many snaps he's going to play. Uh, he'll get the Kenny Pickett a few times. But uh, as far as a, a, a playmaker who wrecks havoc, I don't think he's on that type of level. But, uh, hey, congrats to him. He got his money. He held out. He got his money. He'll be, he'll be ready to go on Sunday. Moving on to the Steelers' side, what do you think about Anthony McFarlane on punt return duty and Calvin Austin on kick return duty? We didn't see Calvin Austin at all last year. They had um, the tech, Stephen Sims, who is now on the Texans, doing punt and kick for most of the year. They also started off with Gunnar Oshevsky. Um, What do you think about the kick and punt duties this year? I, I would have put uh, if I would have put Calvin Austin on both of them. I think this kid is an electric player. Uh, I think he he's got some moves. He he's got speed. Uh, I would have put him on both. Now I know Anthony McFarland. Uh, you know he's a he's a good serviceable uh, third backup. Uh, he can catch passes out of the backfield. I would have. I don't know why they kept Gunner. To tell you the truth, uh, <laughs> it, that's just a, a mystery to me. Keeping him, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe salary cap wise or money wise, it was better to keep him. But uh, I, I'm. I can't wait to see Calvin Austin. I think he should be doing both kickoff and punt return duties. Yeah, I don't know why they kept Gunner either. Um, I think they just want him for backup special teams return, and also they like his blocking. Um. They could keep using him in end arounds. Uh, potentially the quarterbacks kind of like thrown in to him too. They did target him some in the preseason. I would have liked to kept Hakeem Butler over him, but that is not the route they ended up going. And finally, what did you think about Steelers adding depth to their cornerback room, signing Desmond Kings, who last played with the Texans um late into training camp slash early start of the season? Well, they, you know, they drafted uh, Corey Trice. He ended up tearing his ACL in training camp. Uh, they needed another valuable guy. Uh, Desmond King just happened to be, uh, you know, on the board out there for them to pick up. Uh, but, you know, this scares me, though, Alex. Uh, why is he out there to begin with? Uh, there's got to be some, something something not right with him, uh, some, some kind of uh, flaw that he has for him to be available but uh, hopefully he comes in, uh, learns the system, and uh, he, he does a good job. I think it definitely adds depth to the cornerback, which they did kind of need after Trice got injured. Um, they have a lot of questions, some questions there as well, like Shandon Sullivan, Joey Porter Jr., uh, Patrick Peterson and such. And he says he's ready to play and likes to be with, loves to be on the Steelers. So it definitely brings in some good depth and could be, Pretty good. We'll move into thoughts on the game. What do you think the Steelers need to do to win the game? And how do you um how do you feel about the game flow of, of the game and its ultimate um outcome? Uh, I think the Steelers need to come out and throw the football. Uh, they gotta keep on doing what they're doing in preseason. Don't go back to doing what you were doing last year, what Mike Tomlin was doing, was running the football for three quarters and trying to keep the game close and then trying to win the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, you have Kenny Pickett now in his second year. He knows the system. He's got confidence in George Pickens. He's got confidence in Deontay Johnson. You have Pat Firemuth now. you got Allen Robinson now. 
throw the ball to get the lead, let the defense do their thing, possibly get some turnovers, this whole this don't make bad decisions. This is gonna be entirely a whole new ball game for Kenny Pickett, what he saw in the preseason. This is this is one of the top five defenses in the league he's gonna face. He's gonna we're gonna see if Kenny Pickett really has it or not in this game. I say throw the ball early, get San Francisco out of whack, and then run the ball to win the game. That's that's in the fourth quarter. Run the ball to win the game. Uh, keep it, keep the game clean, and hopefully the defense can rattle Brock Purdy and get some turnovers to help Kenny pick it out. I'll ask you some quick fire questions before we get into score predictions. How many uh, tar- how many catches do you think George Pickens will have in this game? Well, you know, we can't go again. Like I was just saying, we can't go by what they were doing last year was running the football early and then throwing it once in a while. Uh, I think Pickens probably have about five, six catches because they got a lot of guys that distribute the ball to. So I think he'll have around five, six catches. What do you think the um, distribution of carries will be look like between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren? I think it's going to be 50 50. Uh, I'm not a fan of uh, – I know Najee Harris is a high pick. I'm not a fan he, of his running style. It just seems like he runs and falls into the pile, and the pile doesn't move. Uh, an example uh, was what I'm trying to say is when Jerome Bettis ran the football, yeah, he ran into the pile. But the pile moved another three or four yards when he ran into it. Uh, Najee Harris runs into the pile, and the pile don't move, and he just falls down. He gets two or three yards. Now, that, to me, isn't a very valuable running back. Jalen Warren sees the hole, hits the hole, gets the yards he needs to get. Uh, Entirely different style that Jalen Warren runs, and Jalen Warren runs with confidence. doesn't look like, to me, Najee Harris runs with confidence. That's just my own opinion of what I see uh, when I watch the Steelers uh, with their running game. Do you think Deontay Johnson will get a touchdown in this game? <laughs> well, it's funny, right? Deontay Johnson didn't get a touchdown all last year. The year before, he caught a touchdown in the first game against Buffalo. So hopefully they just throw him a touchdown pass right away in this game just to get it over with so that we don't have to talk about this anymore. Uh, hopefully they run a few plays if they get in the red zone and Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, can cash in and get that touchdown over with. Second to last, how many touches do you think Connor Haywood will get um, in week one? Boy, I, I lucky he gets two or three. Uh, the way the offense it, it operates, but again, we'll see. You know, this is a whole new, whole new ball game, whole new season. You can't go by what you saw last year. So, uh, by if we're gonna go by what happened last year, he's lucky if he gets two or three. One, how many touchdowns do you think Kenny Pickett will throw in week one? Oh, in week one, I I think he's lucky if he throws two against that defense. Okay. What do you think the score prediction of the game will be? Oh, you said the over and under is forty-one. Uh, Pittsburgh tends to be an over team at home, so I like the over. I think Pittsburgh can pull this game out, I'll say 23-20. I think they can win this game as well. 
I think I'll go 28, Pittsburgh 24, 49ers. Will they actually score 28? We'll see. Probably not, but it'd be nice. Um, And especially because week one, the offenses are rusty. But um, I like 28, 24. And I think Pittsburgh could win just potentially because kind of what they have been doing the last two seasons where, you know, they beat the Bengals because Joe Burrow didn't really play the preseason. And, you know, he was out because he's a appendix surgery and then the season before that they beat the bills in a tight game because you know um their defense comes along faster than the offenses did and you know if it was later in the season they probably lost the bills but they just took the momentum and played better like i said they had the last one last three openings um opening games and also brock purdy's coming off his surgery so we'll see how competent he is. I think maybe if they would lose to 49ers, if it was later in the season, um, but with, you know, some injuries and some guys that, you know, haven't played preseason, I think they can take advantage of it and win, win a close game. It might be somewhat ugly in um, practice, but um, we'll see. I think they can eke out a close one um, for a week one victory. Do you have any final thoughts um, on this week's games? And did you want to plug your show as well? Uh, no, no final thoughts, Alex. I just hope, uh, you know, the Steelers could pull out a victory. It's going to be uh, tough, but I hope they can do it. And, uh, again, just everyone enjoy the games. Uh, it's going to be a great season. And uh, hopefully our team uh, – Alex uh, Steelers can make the playoffs and make a little noise this year, depending on how Kenny Pickett can improve. So I hope that happens. And uh, if you want to hear more of me, the host, you can always catch me, uh, catch my show on the uh, Twitter or X feed. That's the host at steel DF seven, two. And I'm always on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, all your other podcasts. It's called, uh, it's called the show sports talks with the host. Uh, Again, Alex, thank you for having me on. Always a great time to be on the show every week during during the season. All right, that about wraps our, our week one preview. Hope you enjoy all the NFL action this weekend, and we'll see you again for another preview next week.